Hello, Lou Simon. It's been uh, a few years. Uh, <laughs> I know. I was just, I was just thinking about that. I was like, we have like communicated through messaging and commenting mm -hmm. on each other's stuff, but like, like, sort of face face to face hasn't been since Wisconsin. Yeah, since uh, your first film, The Awakening, uh, uh, The Awakened showed at the uh, Madison Horror Film Festival. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's been a while. So how are you doing? I can't complain, man. I mean, I, I know a lot of people are going through a rough time and um, I'm I'm comparatively doing very well. So like, I can't, I'm, I should feel a little guilty about that. <laughs> <laughs> not, not at all, not at all. It's, it's good to hear uh, someone's doing okay. So. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, you know, like, I don't know, some people are, if these are really rough times, but I have survived um, incredibly well. I'm sorry, like, um, I just moved. So like my, my setup is not as professional <laughs> as it usually is. Maybe I can put a different background or something. If no, it's probably better. You no okay worries. with that? Yeah, okay. no, it's, it's fine. It, it, it's all good. So, uh, <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking time out. I know uh, that you've been working on a number of projects lately and uh, Agoraphobia uh, is now out in the US. Um, and now I've hit all your films. I've watched all your films now <laughs> Yay, uh, that, that have been released. <laughs> because uh, uh, agoraphobia, uh, it seems like there's a bit of a history there, and, and we'll get to it in a little bit uh, of how you know why it wasn't around. Because I looked for it for a long time, because mm. uh, I saw, oh, I haven't seen that work of Lou's yet, and, and where is it, and, you know, in the U.S.? <laughs> so uh, we'll talk about that a little bit, but first I want to talk a bit about the film. Uh, if you would mind telling my listeners a bit about what uh, agoraphobia is about. Okay, so it's a story of a uh, young woman who um, has um, agoraphobia. She suffers from um, the fear of open spaces which so a lot of agoraphobics um, stay inside. Um, and because of that, um, she has lived a very sheltered life. And when her father passes away, he she inherits uh, a very nice home in the Florida Keys. And um, it seems like a perfect place where she can actually um, to her therapy and all that stuff to overcome her fear, her phobia. And so she moves there with her husband and everything's great until she starts experiencing some kind of like crazy, you know, supernatural things. And um, at points she was not sure whether what she saw is real, whether she imagined something. And because of her disease, a lot of it gets explained away, you know, mm -hmm. by her friends and, and her husband and so on. So, um, but it, there is something supernatural going on and um, it's, it's how she comes about finally overcoming her phobia to be able to battle this supernatural forces. Yeah, uh, sort of, <laughs> with, without saying too much. <laughs> with a, as some would say, a bit of a twist. <laughs> uh to some of the things uh, so yeah i i uh i haven't uh posted my review yet but i can say i i dug it quite a bit cool, um uh, you know 
And I like the idea. It, it kind of seemed to fit in well with your first film, uh, The Awakened, that we have a home. There's supernatural things going on. There's a lot of supernatural things going on in, in it seems like, in Florida. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so where did the idea come from and for you to pick uh, agoraphobia as, as uh, the main character's uh, condition? Um, it actually, um, I was trying to make another film after Hazmat and mm -hmm. I wanted to move up in, um, in budget and in um, uh, production value. And so I really wanted to work with uh, name actors. And the idea was that I was going to continue from that point on moving into higher budgets and, you know, you know, that kind of thing. And so um, I was looking for a story where I could use, I knew what, what kind of budget we would have and how much we could raise. Um, so they, it, I wanted to spend that amount on talent rather than on production. Mm -hmm. So um, I decided to, I, I was looking for something that could be set in one location, um, you know, and so I had, which at this point, I think I've become the master, the master <laughs> of one location films. <laughs> but, nothing, nothing wrong with that though. I did notice a theme with, with all of did, them. I, you did know, you notice from, that? I, I did notice a theme of, from the awakened to here to you know even all girls weekend to hazmat to a three at all all kind of centralized in one location i i like that though and i completely understand with the whole uh, you know independent production it does you know you, you don't have to uh it, you can use your budget in in other ways then without having to move everybody to many locations so exactly yeah. i mean the if you haven't made films, you probably don't understand just how costly that is to change locations, but it's, it's, it, it's a, it's a budget killer. Mm -hmm. So I was looking for another one, another uh, one, but one location shoot, which is, I just actually had uh, one, two, three locations mm. um, because the out, the, um, there's a bit that happens in the woods and that was shot in another location. Um, and then there's the apartment right. um, at the end. So that was another location there. But um, we, um, I was looking for another idea. So, you know, I, I was actually on, vaca on vacation in the Florida Keys when um, the, I was driving back and I saw these beautiful, I mean, there's gorgeous mansions there um, and I was like, wow, you know, he's lucky <laughs> MFers who, who get to live with this kind of view every day. And I and I just had this random thought of like, oh God, can you imagine if you live there, but you like you're an old person and can get and can actually enjoy it or anything? Because a lot of those are retired people, right? And they tend right. to be older. And I thought, well, that would suck. And I was like, hmm, maybe there's a story there somewhere. And I thought, well, what else, what other reason? Um could a, would a person not be able to go outside and enjoy this? And I thought, hmm, how about agoraphobia, you know? And then it just seemed like it was it was just that more more dramatic in the sense of like, you really can't go anywhere and you're stuck inside with this, with this ghost. Um, so it, it, and then after that, my brain just takes off and does all kinds of weird things. <laughs> now, did you, of, uh, did you do a lot of studying on agoraphobia? agoraphobia before uh, uh, 
you uh, did the film or, or did the screenwriting? I did. I did. I went. I I did um, a lot of research on it, and then I mostly after I got the basics of how it works, and, and you know, it's 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 and and how people develop it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, I started going on like uh, blogs and stuff like that, and reading the 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 um, users' comments and mm-hmm. stuff like that to to see what their their experiences with it was. And um, I had read that exposure therapy is like a big, mm-hmm. you know, thing that they use for that. And I actually did exposure therapy myself mm. um, many years ago for, um, I had a really bad fear of flying uh, after 9-11 and I stopped flying for a good three, four years. And so I, I had to go through exposure therapy uh, and it was virtual reality to give you the goggles and the, you know, the headphones and, and they sit you in a, in a chair and, you know, you're like all taped up so they can measure your heartbeat and your breathing and all that stuff. And, and so having experienced that myself um, and that's how I was able to fly again and I fly everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I, I kind of, I really got it. I got Mm -hmm. it how it works. Um, so yeah it seemed like you did a there was a lot of authenticity to uh to the exposure therapy part of it which Mm -hmm. uh kind of leads me to the cast you mentioned how you wanted to get more of the cast and you have some of the folks uh, that you've worked with before but you also have in here uh tony todd uh, maria olson uh, roberto escobar did you have some of these individuals in mind when you were writing the film or did those cast uh puzzle pieces kind of fall into place after the fell afterwards i knew that i wanted somebody that was a horror icon of some mm-hmm. kind to be a good like a good meaty role in the film like so i wanted to write a supporting role that was something that i that would appeal to them one and two that was more than just like a five minute, ca- like a two minute right. cameo. Sure. Because you see that all the time in horror <laughs> that, that, you know, they'll come on and be like, well, it was nice meeting you. And all of a sudden they're, <laughs> they're on the poster and like, and starring blah, blah, blah. And you're like, really? If I blinked, I missed them. I hate that. So yeah. I didn't want to do that. I wanted it to be like a, a real role. Mm-hmm. Um, and you hear all that noise? A little bit. <laughs> oh, sorry okay. about that. I don't even know what's going on, but um, <laughs> it's okay. And um, yeah. neighbors. Yeah. Um, and then um, because of that, I, I specifically wrote a role that first would appeal to to somebody like that. Mm-hmm. That oh, it's always playing the bad guy. <laughs> um, and two, that you know that that it's a reason to watch a film. Right. Um, you know, and you always have mm-hmm. to be thinking about what's going to sell after you make a film. So, <laughs> yeah. And it was great that you got Tony Todd. I, I, I love Tony's work and, and, you know, I love him in pretty much every role I've seen him in. So to see him in here and the fact that you didn't have him as some people would call it stunt casting to where he just briefly, hello, it's Tony Todd and leaves. <laughs> uh, I liked that. I liked that he played the doctor role, which is kind of integral to the, the fake character who, who has this condition of, uh, uh, you know, that uh, agoraphobia. So I, I like that he w- did have a meteor role, but uh, the cast really seemed to work well. And uh, did you bring some cast members back you had worked before because uh, you 
you enjoyed their work or whatever? Because I saw you, uh, you had a couple of people in here who were in uh, your previous film and then your future films as well. Yeah, I ended up, I, I, I recycled them a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, you know, first you're, you're, you're dealing with, you know, South Florida where, um, to be completely honest, like if you're not living in LA or, or New York, right. you tend to get the people um, who haven't made it big yet. So they haven't right. left for those, for those places, you know, so, mm-hmm. um, so you you're not you're like when you find somebody you really like to work with and who's talented you're like grab onto them like oh my god (laughs) you have to name all my films now you know um and um that's number one and and, you know i mean we were we were spending a lot of money on Mm -hmm. having tony todd and bring him over um production was longer than my usual you know in terms of days um, and so, and, and Cassie Skirbel, who had been in Sharknado at that point. So, you know, it, there was, a, there were a lot of other across. So you want to get the best talent that you have in, you know, mm-hmm. around you. And, um, yeah, I, I didn't write with them in mind, but once it mm-hmm. was written, I could, I definitely was like, well, I know who would play this role well, <laughs> sure. you know, and that kind of thing. So. Sure. And, and, and I think it worked. It worked really well on screen and and your locations you mentioned there's not a lot of locations but you do have a few uh did it take a while to find the right house and uh apartment because that apartment wow holy yeah. <laughs> that was a gorgeous apartment but the house too was uh almost a character as well with the way it was uh designed uh, how long did it take to find the location and, and did you have a specific house in mind or was it what you uh, could possibly get um, I mean, I definitely had, um, I definitely wanted to be a very nice home. Mm-hmm. Um, and, th- and that was really hard to get, um, just because a lot, you know, uh, people have that kind of money. Don't yeah, usually right. want to be like, yeah, go ahead and use my home. You know, sure. even though there's so many empty, like gorgeous mansions in Miami that people only come in for like, you know, yeah. for two months a year and you're like, you're so rich. It's just so not fair. Uh, <laughs> But um, it, it do it was uh, a little difficult to get. Mm-hmm. We we did I did eventually just approach somebody I knew um, mm-hmm. that was sort of a business uh, relationship, mm-hmm. and um, and I said, okay, you know, this is what we can do, and we'd, we'd be really good to it, <laughs> and so on. And he agreed. It's not on the water. That part right. was creative, you know, editing. Mm-hmm um and then you know there were like tons of issues that came up with that because he actually stayed in the house while we were filming oh <laughs> not, not during not while we were sure. filming but like at night so we really? had to take really good care of it and, and like clean up every day after we you know we finished cleaning so that was that was a bit of a hassle because <laughs> you know you gotta you have already long long enough days to add another hour of cleaning after that you know <laughs> especially for this one this one felt a little bit one of your gorier films uh <laughs> you know uh and i i like that uh you know it surprised me a little bit i i will say but it, it, <laughs> it especially with the way the film opens but I, I i thought it worked well you you know was there a call of of just how much of that to use and show versus not uh, because I could see where easily with the situations where you could possibly go a little 
overboard, but you don't in this. Uh, did, did you weigh that of how much to use and not use? And uh, um, I mean, I wanted that scene to be very shocking to grab right. this, the the audience from the get go, sure. you know. And from an indie filmmaking perspective, I mean, you know, I'm I'm very much about not just about making films, but about distributing films. I mean, like right. I'm like, I could teach courses on the thing. I talk about it so much, but uh, I mean, when you're trying to sell the film afterwards, the distributor's gonna look at the first 10 minutes of it. And mm -hmm. if it doesn't grab them, forget it. You could have the best movie in the world, nobody will know. Sure. Um, so, so I definitely wanted something that would grab their attention from the get-go. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, I, I purposely wanted that one to be extremely bloody and, <laughs> and shocking. Um, so, um, I, I don't know, to me, like, that's one of the fun things about, you know, horror, like it has, you know, there's, there different subgenres, you know, mm -hmm. um, but if you like, if you like horror overall, like, you're gonna like everything, and I, right. and I hope to give everybody a little bit, like, you know, same thing with Hazmat. Yes, it's 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 a slasher, but there's also like a you know like a supernatural element to mm -hmm. it um, as to why it's happening in the first place. So like I like to mix genres a little bit. You know, three same thing. There's a little bit of torture porn in there with a little bit of you know a little bit of psychological horror. Yeah. You know, so yeah, and you do uh, seem to have a theme of of supernatural. Do you do you like supernatural horror? Is that kind of uh, one of your stronger genres that you enjoy more? And uh, what kind of influenced you uh, in your writing? Would you say supernatural films? Um, I don't know if I can necessarily say. I mean, guess on All Girls Weekend. Oh shit! Now I'm like completely self analyzing. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> It wasn't. It wasn't meant as a bad thing. It's just I've noticed there there, there are su there supernatural. Is a trend, isn't there? <laughs> there's a little bit of supernatural elements in a number of your projects. So I was just wondering if that was, you know, that's true. I had never thought about that. Uh, I mean, I definitely, I definitely, I like anything where you're questioning what you know and what you believe. You know, um, and that's part of also why there, I there's a lot of stuff about. Um, um mental illnesses or different kinds in my my film because the way the mind works is fascinating you know right um so it's anything that makes you question reality anything that questions that makes you question um what what you know and what you believe mm -hmm. i love i just love those things over and over again bend bend the reality a bit <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and that's what I liked with the setup too. With uh, uh, with uh, your film uh, Agoraphobia is uh, here we have someone who has a condition who doesn't want to go outside, who's trapped in a, a house with some entity uh, or whatever you know, a, 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 some force, and she's scared. So what are you going to do? You you can't stay. You can't leave. You know, and I liked that uh, that fight psychologically. I think that worked really well with the Faye character. Um, and, and the way you shot it too. Now, how long did this film take to shoot? This one was 15 days, which is uh, it's probably at least three days longer than, than the usual. <laughs> <laughs> but those three days make a huge difference in budget. Like people don't sure. understand. 
Well, but at the same time, uh, you know, it, that's still quite quick too for a full feature film that that you yeah. have in here, especially with uh, all the elements and the characters that you introduce uh, in here as well. Uh, and so, yeah, it was, it was very impressive. And so, I, I have to ask, and if you can't talk about it, that's fine. I understand, but. Uh, why did it take so long for this film? Because this was your third film, but it's just coming out now. Why, why did it take so long to come to the States? Uh, because like I said, I, I was looking for it when I saw it in your list. I was like, did I just miss it? And, and I would go through and I'm like, I can't find it anywhere. Uh, well, I mean, it was available everywhere but the United States. Well, yeah, right. Like, yeah, it anywhere. literally got picked up everywhere but the U.S. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was, um, or rather North America. I'm sorry, Canada. Right. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, we keep forgetting you're up there. <laughs> they're, they're too nice, so, you know, I can, yeah. Unlike these neighbors, they're, they're nice and quiet upstairs <laughs> neighbors. Um, yeah, no, uh, it, it was it was doing great. I was super excited about it. And then um, it it's such a long story, but the gist of it is that it got uh, distributed without our permission. Um, mm. And the initial, I, I don't believe it was under malicious. It was, right. it, it was just like a, just a set of circumstances that led for it to be distributed. And, and by the time that the mistake was realized, it was too late. It had already been, mm. um, pirated and put in um all the torrent sites so at that point we thought okay well let's try to see if we can work this out and and try to get it released properly um and then it got released again and again three times it got released uh and by the same people so um we 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 eventually um filed a lawsuit in um federal court in new york still trying to work it out with them, still trying to see if there was a way to get them to release it properly. It was a pretty nice size. It's a pretty known um, Mm -hmm. um, distributor. So um, at that point it was like, well, might as well milk (laughs) this for something, you know? Um, But we also sued, get this, Google, Amazon, and Microsoft. Yeah, you know, three just, little little companies. Companies little you might companies. have heard of. You never heard yeah. of these three, but no. uh, <laughs> startups. I think I think they're startups. Yeah, like they're yeah. I'm sure in somebody's garage or something. Um, so yeah, we 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 were gonna go big or go home, and mm-hmm. so so we we but federal court um, and it just it just took forever yeah um um so we didn't actually settle until we went to mediation in 2019 so it took it was four years of fighting this i was exhausted you can imagine yeah um stressed out i mean while we had just you know we had investors saying what's going on we had cast and crew asking what's going on because i see that it's playing in you know russia but yeah. i can't i can't see it in my own backyard you know it was crazy it was just insane and so um finally november 2015 was when everything was settled everything was signed mm-hmm. everything was done and um and then it was like okay what do we do with it now like <laughs> what distributor is going to pick it up at this point you know? right um and so 
lot of debating back and forth. And finally, February 12, 2021, <laughs> it finally got released. Yay. Which is great. Congratulations for that. Uh, you know, it's good to see the, the indie filmmaker win once in a while, even though you've got to go through uh, a lot of hoops. And that pirating, I don't think people realize sometimes the torrenting, how that can damage an independent film, especially. I mean, you know, you, you hear it, you're like the big budget films. Yeah, it, it's not nice when anybody has it, but especially for uh, films, you know, with working on a limited budget or production or whatnot, and you're just trying to get it distributed. And you know, that... the crazy thing for me when I hear, like, I, I almost understood in this movie because, you know, I had Tony Todd. So if you were to, sure. like, you know, Google Tony Todd, I can see, but all my films have gone in pirate. And I'm like, why? Like, <laughs> I, I don't understand like a lot of them don't have any recognizable names so why would you actually go through that much and you'll see them and they're dubbed and they have subtitles I'm like you spend more time <laughs> trying to, how many people are going to see this on a torrent site and risk getting a virus right to watch this movie really <laughs> I, I don't get it I really honestly don't get why they do it but obviously it must work out otherwise why would they do it and they're giving it away for free, so I honestly I don't get what they get out of it. I, I I've not figured that out myself. Uh, but because if you're charging, you could almost understand why. But otherwise, sure. why other than just be a complete a hole? <laughs> it could be. I I've I've never understood the actual motivation behind it, so uh, I couldn't say for sure. But at least now you have a proper release with uh this film and and now all of your films now are in the u.s uh you know you had uh three which i i enjoyed i've enjoyed them all and oh, uh you're welcome uh because yeah it, you could definitely tell it has your style and your voice and uh you definitely uh are putting in leads in females in strong female roles uh is that kind of a a goal as well to try to get more of that out there because i know the whole uh the topic of uh, gender representation or just representation in general especially in indie cinema has always been a up for a topic of discussion so uh, i've noticed with your films you do have strong female characters uh in in every film is that uh kind of a a goal of yours to to have those types of films out and get more of those types of films out you know honestly i don't know if so much of is is, is something i really put into that much thought to be on completely mm -hmm. honest I am a very strong woman, so <laughs> sure. if, if I'm writing a character, it kind of, that's how she's going to come across because mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty. Writing from experience. Pretty, right? pretty bossy, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, people, people joke around with me all the time, like, you have the, you know, the, the biggest balls. <laughs> <laughs> So um, it's really, I kind of, um, there's nothing I, wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> I wear them with, with, with pride. Um, <laughs> but um, I mean, that's, I, I don't set out to, I, mm -hmm. I, I, I set out to write characters that I can relate to and sure. that sound believable to me. And the majority mm -hmm. of women I know are that. So okay. I think just forever we've been watching movies where every woman is, you know, <laughs> not that and so yeah. you, maybe other people think that that's how women are but the majority of women I know half by have no choice but to be tough because this right. life is tough and we're fighting a, a 
a thousand battles, even stuff that most people don't understand mm -hmm. that we have to fight all our lives. So I just write realistic female characters and by virtue of that, they come out as strong. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, it, I, I think it's fitted for the stories that you have and, and, and they really do come across that way. And it, it's great to see that. Um, now you you have some films uh, I know in the works currently. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about what you've got coming up as far as uh, projects in the works? Because I know COVID kind of put a lot of things on pause, especially for indie filmmakers. So uh, ah, that's for another filmmaker. I actually, <laughs> <laughs> I actually was like, this is a great time to make a film. So I actually did write a film um, last year and. Mm -hmm wrote it and within I want to say like two weeks we were filming it wow um, and I wrote it specifically to be made during COVID but not about COVID I figured sure. when when this whole thing was over the last thing we would want to talk about is COVID so, <laughs> or watch movies about COVID or anything like that so I wanted to stay away from that um mm -hmm. so, uh I mean, I don't want to talk about or think about COVID now. So why would I want to do right. it like a year from now? <laughs> so, um, but I still wanted it to be done one safely and right. two that we could do with the with the limited resources that we had. So because I like limited locations, my friend, <laughs> I actually wrote an entire film that takes place in a car. Oh wow! Um, yeah. So um, nice talk about limited <laughs> no, not at all it's you know it, it, there's nothing i there's absolutely nothing wrong with that uh, you know your your stories definitely fit the location and and they don't feel a need to have to go elsewhere because you write them in a great way to where they they can you know being self-contained in in an area like that um and and you're in a car now and so yes uh, I, I, I just thought let me let me just let me just amp that up a little bit <laughs> so, <laughs> so and and that's always a, the trick right when you have right. minimum locations like how do you keep it interesting how do you mm -hmm. keep it um how do you make the people and i go have i just been in a car for 80 minutes <laughs> what the hell um so hopefully i so i uh the story fits uh well mm -hmm. it's about a an attorney who this is a thriller. It's not really horror at all, mm -hmm. but um, it is about um, an attorney, a female attorney that uh, gets in her car to go home after having a um, an affair with her coworker mm -hmm. who is married. And um, as she's going home, she gets a call from somebody saying that she has to deliver uh, one of her files from for one of her cases. Um, at a destination 73 minutes away. Um, and so the entire film, she's driving to the destination and she's trying to figure out what it is about this file that they want. Um, and so everything well, happens through video calls or phone calls. So we had actors everywhere. We had actors in <laughs> Georgia, Tennessee, mm -hmm. Texas, Florida. And, um, and the only, I mean, we had, some of them were video calls, so mm -hmm. they did record sure. themselves. But other, but like the main footage mm -hmm. that you see is her driving in this in this in this car. And that's intriguing. You you've got me. Uh, <laughs> I, find, I find that <laughs> intriguing. Well, with uh, you know agoraphobia and even your other, you don't realize or it doesn't feel like oh we're just in the same location because of the way 
it's shot or edited, you know, you know, and edited, I should say. Uh, so, you know, I think it's very fitting and you do make the most of the locations uh, that you have there, uh, you know, with different angles and such as well. Do you do a lot of pre-production as far as what type of shots and stuff that you're going to do? Uh, oh, yeah. I, so is there a lot of pre, pre-production pre concerning you're working on a limited budget and time frame? Yeah, I mean, um, uh, shot list is incredibly important hmm. and especially because if you're using a real location rather than a studio so you don't have you know uh it's not like you can just move walls <laughs> <laughs> you really really have to think about every shot that you plan and what's going to look like i i i have started work you know i started from the beginning i sat in on the editing mm -hmm. um and i think i probably learned more about directing from editing the films or sitting in on the editing mm -hmm afterwards than I did from actually being on set because that's where you really get okay why even bother getting that shot that's never going to make mm -hmm. it or um so as I'm as I'm filming I'm actually editing in my head of like oh, okay nice. what's what's mm -hmm. what shot do I absolutely need to do this like why take what get a take that you know for the whole scene from a white well, I'm never going to use that I'm mm -hmm. going to use the beginning and maybe the end but other than that, it's right. always going to go in, you know, for a close up. So why even bother, you know? So stuff like that, like it, it's, it's, it's a learning process. And I mean, I, I hope to continue to get, um, I mean, I never directed mm -hmm. anything before I directed. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a learning process for sure. me for sure. And, um, and I hope to get more projects to learn from, you know, learn something every time. Well, uh, I learned something new from your films every time I, uh, so, <laughs> uh, it, you know, and, and look forward to, to your next project where it's in within the car. And that sounds like an interesting thriller. Uh, so, you know, uh, where do you go from, from here then uh, with that? You have that project that uh, you're working on now. Uh, is, is there something lined up even after that? Uh, have you, have you been planning, taking time during COVID to kind of, Plan out. <laughs> instead of always be selling it's always be developing sure. <laughs> yeah no i'm working i'm working uh and we're very close to getting um a sci-fi film done it's a post-apocalyptic story um called adam six and it's about a man who wakes up from a coma and finds out that he's the last um surviving man in an all-female colony <laughs> Well, that uh, again, you you've got me hooked. I'm very interested to see how that plays out. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, so when you make when you're writing your films and that, do you pull from uh, films or find influences in films you've watched in the past? And if so, is there any specific film that like stands out that you're like, uh, you know, I I love what they did there, and and you go back to? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Always. But I, I can't say it's just one, it's different mm -hmm. ones depending on, on the film, you know. Um, um, like for example, All Girls Weekend, I really love the movie, um, I think it's called The Edge, mm -hmm. you know, with Alec Baldwin and, mm -hmm. and yeah, love that movie. I love the outdoors. So I always love this idea of, you know, man versus nature kind of thing. And of course I turn into a woman versus nature. <laughs> yeah. um, and, all of them have a little something the other. Uh, agoraphobia has a lot of stuff from different ones, you know, it has a, some things from um, An Unknown Elm Street, 
it has some stuff from um old you know mm -hmm. old hitchcock movies um the twist yeah kind of parodies a <laughs> kind of famous movie that people will see and maybe remember but i can't say it without saying the twist because uh, <laughs> it's actually the name of the movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah we won't we won't, we won't uh. <laughs> so um so yeah like uh always you know i mean mm -hmm. there's there's nothing that hasn't been done at this point there's so many right. movies out there so nothing's gonna be complete i mean some things maybe like memento i thought that was the most original thing i've ever seen but unless you're christopher nolan um <laughs> you're always borrowing from other stuff and, and adapting it somehow see and i and i think that gets that can sometimes get a bad rep because you're right there's so much out there now it's eventually going to come around to where you might see oh well that's this and for me as long as it feels original like you're like giving your own spin if you're using that for influence of course we that's how we live through experiences and, and learn and that impacts us you know every day so i can i can see where that uh you know where that comes in but as long as you're putting your own brand on which you have with your films uh you know i think uh there's absolutely nothing wrong with that even though some people may disagree and say oh they're trying to rip off whatever and i'm like yeah you know whatever <laughs> there are some movies that are so much like the original that you're that's like, true oh come on really come mm -hmm. on just put a little bit of effort but <laughs> but i mean there is very little especially in horror there's mm -hmm. i mean there's so much of it out there how can you do something completely original you know right. um it's always going to have something plus i mean we're human beings we're influenced by stuff that we've seen and, and read and what have you and we can't you know we can't write or create in a vacuum unless yeah. you're christopher nolan unless you know, you're christopher nolan seriously in which case. that guy has an imagination <laughs> god bless him <laughs> she's in some you know uh sensory deprivation tank that he just he doesn't look at anything and he comes out he with probably does some kind of hallucinogenics <laughs> or something like that like, seriously insidious like who the hell comes up with that idea <laughs> a dream within a dream within a dream you're like Whoa. <laughs> okay wait am i in a dream now watching a christopher nolan film what <laughs> So uh, would you have any advice for any up and coming indie filmmakers, especially uh, female filmmakers who want to get into the business? Would you have some uh, advice of how to start out? Don't do it, no. <laughs> <laughs> you, know how many, you know how many independent filmmakers tell me, don't do it. If you want to do anything do else, it. you should do it. But. Don't do it. It is being in an abusive relationship. It really is. Uh, and you, you know, you know, you should leave him, but you can't uh, because it's also very, very addictive. Um, I don't know. I, I, I would, I, I, you know, my big thing, which is something I, I've always lived by. And one of the things I see a lot in, in indie films that um, make it just lower the quality of, of the, uh, of the production and yeah, I'm a big believer in just, you know, single locations or mm -hmm. few locations, few characters, spend time on the story mm -hmm. um, and developing good characters. And you don't need a lot of other stuff, you know? Um, so, I mean, that's what I've tried to do and it's, you know, it's worked so far. Um, and, and, you know, I, I hate to say it, but try to do some commercial, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, you can do the, 
wildly creative, um, super personal passion project after your name, and then everybody will think you're brilliant. But you, <laughs> you need to you need to make something commercial to be able to make another one. Mm -hmm. you know? Well, that's a great advice, and I appreciate you very much. It's, it's it's a it's a pleasure talking to you again. Is there a place where folks can uh, keep up with uh, what you're working on and and follow up with you? Well, I'm I'm Ms. M. S. Lucimon everywhere, so it's on all platforms. Um, and then uh, Agoraphobia is now on Amazon to rent and purchase, and it's going to be out. So on, on the binge horror um, channel on mm -hmm. Roku TV, and it's going to be out on uh, Tubi TV within the next couple of weeks. Plus, when they're watching this, <laughs> and plus your other uh, mm -hmm. films are out there: Three, All Girls Weekend, Hazmat, The Awakened, mm -hmm. uh, uh, all of them out there, and and people should check them out. Uh, for sure each one is different and that's what i like to see and I, now i'm really excited about the sci-fi one because i want to see <laughs> what what you're able to do with a uh, science fiction so uh mm. we look forward to seeing those uh projects and uh yeah thank you very much for your time lou thank tonight. you for having me it was so nice talking to you again after all these you, years <laughs> you bet uh, it's great to to at least uh vocally instead of just through text so, right yeah or and, like uh, commenting on each other's posts <laughs> Right. And uh, when your next film comes out, I'll be happy to have you back and uh, talk about that one. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, uh, we will talk to you later, Lou, and uh, appreciate your time. Thank you. You bet. <laughs> have a good night. <laughs>